guys, welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Ryan Clark, suited and booted, dressed in all black out in Bristol, Connecticut. Um, coming up in the show, guys, we're going to talk about UFC 269 because how could we not? We're going to hand out some awards from the fight card this past week. And also, we got to tap in. We got to tap out. But Ryan, first and foremost, I just got back from Vegas and what a week it was. Yo, I'm taking bombs from co-workers. I'm taking bombs from fighters. But then when we get to the fights on Saturday night, they absolutely delivered. Yeah. No one delivered bigger and better than the Venezuelan vixen herself, yeah. Juliana Payton. Now, hey, Ryan, I don't want to act and portray this as if I chose against Amanda because I'm not allowed to pick fights. Okay. But I told you. Yep. It was going to be very difficult. Not, you know, I don't like to say I told you so, but maybe but, I but do you, like yes, to say I told you so. Yes, you do like to say I told you so. Don't even, don't even sit up here and lie to the people like you just weren't patting yourself on the back before I we started reach. this. Champ, I can't even reach the back myself <laughs> on the back. Hey, that's too much wear and tear on those shoulders, bro. I think, but you know who could reach? It was Juliana Pena. When you're watching that fight and it gets into the second round and she continues to stick that left jab and, and hit Amanda flush, I started to say, uh-oh, okay, this is a little different. And I've watched Amanda get in brawls. Obviously, we saw her against Chris Cyborg, and that was a brawl. That was a street fight. That was we're going to stand toe-to-toe and, 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 and throw haymakers. And she outstruck Cyborg. And so there was no way you could have told me that Juliana Pena was going to stand in front of Amanda Nunez and actually overwhelm her with her pressure, with her toughness, <laughs> with her ability to absorb shots and give them. And I thought that this was one of those not necessarily underdog moments, because if you listen to Juliana Pena pre-fight, she believed that this could happen and she thought it could happen in this manner. But I have not been probably more shocked or devastated, uh, I guess, as a fan and also excited as a fan for someone else as I am uh, after this result, then probably Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman won. <laughs> That was the wow. last that wow. was the last time I felt like this. Cause if you listen to like the Holly Home Ronda stuff, as it was getting closer, I was like, this might be a bad matchup. But even in this mm -hmm. one, DC, you tried to tell me way when the fir the first fight was supposed to happen that this was a possibility, and man, you were dead on. You know, this was this was shocking. Mm -hmm. And Dana said it after the fight. He goes, honestly, one of the biggest upsets since Matt Sarah beat George, George St. Pierre. Pierre. You remember that? Wow. And then you wow. remember what George St. Pierre did to him yeah. in the rematch. But talking to Juliana all week, we're getting this feel from her. But then in the fighter meeting, she asked me, like, how did I deal with those situations where you're supposed to be fighting the unbeatable? Mm -hmm. And I gave her some advice. But she was just kind of like certain of what she could do. Right. And Ryan, when she walked in the octagon and Amanda was walking... I, I thought she looked nervous. I thought she seemed a little bit tight. You said you, said, you, thought, you thought Amanda seemed Amanda seen tight or Juliana? I thought, I thought Juliana seemed okay. tight. Because you know when you're the challenger, RC, you're in the octagon while the champion's walking. So you right. got all this time to pass while they're making their walk. They're getting all the fanfare. Mm -hmm. They're yelling, screaming. You're just standing there, right? Your corner's trying to reassure you that you can go out there and do something that's life-changing. Right. So Juliana, in that moment, seemed a tad bit uh, hesitant. hesitant. That's like a big moment. DC, that's a big moment. That's like, yes. that, that moment's probably like national anthem at the Super Bowl type moment. Yes, you know, like when is, you're bro. waiting. It yeah. is. 
you, you're just sitting there like, and there, you're, but, but the people that mean the most to you are reassuring you. Mm -hmm. But as an athlete, you know, you knew Ryan before the Super Bowl. If we get this done, it changes everything. Right. Just like us inside that octagon. But then when the fight started, first round she gets dropped. Mm -hmm. She's in the guard, but her corner is telling her, "Hey, corner did this a great is job. Yes. She had to work. Yeah, like, she had to work in the first round. This is what we wanted. She's like, well, she's doing this, this. They're like, it's fine." Right. And in the second round, she did exactly what she said she was going to do. She, I'm going to stand on the coin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pressure her. And I'm going to remind Amanda Nunes what she felt like back in 2014 yeah. against Kat Zingano. And I'm going to finish her. And then, Ryan, the most gangster stuff I have seen in a long time. She walks back to her corner. She's standing there with her hands like on her hips as they're tending to Amanda. She looks directly through the octagon at me, RC, and she mouths, I told you so. Bro. I told you so. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, Joe. I was like, she literally just said, she told us. She was like, I told you. And it was it was crazy because for as crazy as it seems, she beat Amanda to the point that she made Amanda Nunez take her football and went home. It's yeah, like the kid that's that getting was, beaten going, DC, going home. DC, to me, and you know, you know, we obviously – I'm blessed. I'll be honest. You know, I, I can side text with the dude that was a two division champ. But I <laughs> ask you, though, D.C., because when you get to the level that Amanda Nunes is, the level that you were, you've been through so much adversity. You've been through so many different situations in the octagon that you kind to you kind of understand how to navigate them. And I said, D.C., was there ever a point in a championship fight? where you wanted to quit, where you felt like, you mm. know what, this isn't my night or or my opponent just has my number. Because what it looked like to me was when Amanda got in that position and I kept hearing you say, well, she didn't even have it in tight or, you know, she didn't mm -hmm. even have the triangle. You know, you were saying all these different things. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no way she just didn't want to fight anymore. But mm -hmm. also, too, DC, when you go on these long winning streaks, right, and, and when you've been in with the best – time and time again sometimes the law of averages just catch you you know it's like mm -hmm. if, if i'm the champion and i get to fight number eight one time oh that, that that's a day you off don't. right if i get to fight you number don't. six that's a day off number 15 that's mm -hmm. a day off but when you're the champ you're fighting the number one contender each and every time every time you get the scariest individual in the weight class outside of yourself right, right? you get number one you get number two mm -hmm. you maybe get number three when you get number three, the fight looks like me and Volkan Ozdemir. Like, if you get number three, it looks like that, right? right. Like if you're lucky enough to get a number three. You don't get number three. You get mm -hmm. one, you get number two. Yep. Now, now, here's the thing. It's hard to say Amanda Nunes quit. But when you look at her body language and you look at the way the choke was put in, you question whether or not that unfamiliar thought crept right. back into her mind. And she was like, mm. because we speak. And last week we did it on the show. We speak about her in such legendary terms. Right. And we speak about the company that she keeps in terms of female sports. To tap like that after being in that choke, it almost feels like she should have just went to sleep. Like, we've seen many people go to sleep. Best If you're going to lose your place amongst the greats, uh, even if it's temporary, she can go back and beat Julianne right. Payton. But you got to, like, it felt like she should go out on her shield more. But, dude, her facial expression changed right in the middle of that second yeah, round. Like, oh, did. my goodness. Like, yeah, it's like, it was like she was, 
It's like she saw a ghost. What, it, it looked what, like it, she it, saw it, a ghost. You there. know what, though? It was that ghost, though, though, DC. It was the ghost we talked to Amanda about last week. Remember, Amanda mm-hmm. says said, I like that people go back into the past that far to see what I used to be or to see yeah. what happened at those times. But I think we saw a little bit of that. And, I'm, and the other part of it is, too, is when things as unfamiliar as it seems to new Amanda, Amanda Nunez still remembers that feeling of losing. She still remembers what it felt like right before. And then you get to yep. that point and it's like, this is what it is. I've been here yep. before and I know what oh, happens next. And so there was a tweet, though, that said that this was good. You know, you got, it came from um, Derek Brunson. He was like, hey, yo, parody, UFC two, uh, yep, 269. Yep, yep, and yep, I think... Yep. I think what he's referring to is that so many, like me, right? Casual fan RC. That's what they call me, the casual. I'm a casual guy <laughs> that gets to work yeah, with my dog, I mean, DC, on. right? You're so, not. So, 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 but being a fan, as long as I've been a fan of, of this sport, you know, it, it is, even though Chuck Liddell didn't necessarily have this type of, of run Amanda Nunes had, he had the type of feel to me. And so when Rampage Jackson knocks him out, it's like, holy hell, mm-hmm. like, like, like that just happened. You know, you, you can go back to, you know, you go back to Holly Holm or you think Anderson Silva. And we see all of these great fighters lose. And then it goes, OK, to me, it goes one of two ways, D.C., sometimes. When or like when Ronda Rousey loses, the belt bounces around a little bit until it finds yep, Amanda yep, Nunes, yep. right? Uh, yep, when, Chris, yep. when when Anderson Silva when Anderson Silva loses, the belt bounces around until it finds yep, Israel Adesanya. Yep. And so where yep, it can yep, be yep. good, it also can put you in a point to where the dude like me who likes to see the DCs, who likes to see the Anderson Silvas, the the GSPs, the the the, the Kamara Usmans run a weight division, it sometimes make you that gives you like, oh, we don't really have a champion. So the do you think this yeah, was good for it? You know, it's that uncertainty, right? To certain people, it's like, if I looked at between 2010 and 2020, if I looked at light heavyweight, I would need to see John Jones or Daniel Cormier. Right, absolutely. If I looked at a weight with George Sapier, it was George Sapier. Some people like that. Other people like the, the movement of the belt. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, as in all sports, parity is good up to a point. Is right. parity great for the organization? I don't necessarily know because you build around long-reigning champions. But... Juliana Pena was different, RC. So I don't think it's parody per se. I believe that you had a different person, a different person with a different mentality in Juliana that was willing to go in there and stand in front of Amanda, take the damage that she had to take, and know that she'd be willing to go through the fire in order to win the belt from Amanda Nunes. You know, this is a woman that in the prime of her career, Ryan, had a baby, yeah. took time away, has a beautiful daughter now that she inspires when she goes into the octagon. So right. she's fighting for so much more. Her mom was there. Her daughter was there. It was like three generations of Pena women. That was awesome. In it the was. arena. Yeah, yeah as she becomes the world champion. It's, it's something like that is unprecedented. And for Juliana to accomplish that was fantastic. But you know what the crazy thing is? Amanda Nunes has earned a right to rematch anytime she wants, right? right. Because... Of what it's she has done. News, right. And when those betting lines start again, she'll be a massive favorite once again. Yeah, that's, to the, beat that's the way it works. Pena. 
That's the way it works, DC. So, but DC, even with that, you're speaking of the rematch. Is this kind mm -hmm. of a signal for Amanda Nunes to focus on on 145? Uh, because my wife, who doesn't even know anything, said, "You know what? She looks <laughs> little tonight." But she's like, "You think I'm yep. gonna go out? I'm gonna go out unbalanced? I undoubtedly accept the rematch. Give me a little time to get my stuff together, and I will be back better than ever, Dana White." And so she's like, "Yeah, let, let's run it back." And when you're in Amanda, Amanda Nunes, of course you. Want want that rematch you know like like we say back in the crib you want my let me get my get back but when yep, you look at Amanda Nunes do you think this is the fight to take because I think it's the fight to take because we'll be excited to see it where I had kind yep, yep, of yep. gotten out of the, the the feeling of being excited to watch Amanda Nunes in the octagon other than me trying to figure out how early it was going to end so she take this fight or just focus on 145 and that title that she still holds but 145 doesn't really have a weight class. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there's right. really not a weight class at 145. So uh, I don't necessarily know if, if that's what you do. I think she has to take the rematch. Look, a lot of times when you have a long-reigning champion, they get beat. What you don't want is for them to fight that same guy again. I, I swear to God, Ryan, when Anderson lost to Chris right. and they rematched mm -hmm. later in the year, my, I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong. My mind told me Anderson Silva was actually scared because right. when Dude he just left beat it, you. when he, bro, he walked it when he was walking back to the octagon. You remember Anderson was so sure he stopped three times on the walk to the opt octagon because yeah. he knew that er that aura of invincibility was gone in right. regards to his competition it's with different. Chris Weidman. Yeah, but I think it might be a little bit different for Amanda because she didn't just get starched, right? Right. But she will know that there is an opportunity or an ability for Juliana to wear her out. Right. Can she manage Juliana to the point that Juliana can't use that cardio as a weapon again mm -hmm. against her? Uh, most times you hope the champion goes and kind of gets that swagger back, goes back right. and gets the confidence. But in this instance, I think an immediate rematch is exactly what needs to happen between these two. Yeah. I you know, DC, like, I, I, I honestly, like, I want to see it, but I want Amanda to look at this film and look at this fight and be and be different. I think when you do have that era of invincibility, like, like, think about when we did see Anderson Silva finally fall to Chris Weidman. It was doing something we'd watched him do forever, right? Drop his hands, have the head movement, bend, move, lean back. And then he just got caught with some weird flipper of some sort, and it knocks him out. And now Amanda Nunes, who we've seen go toe-to-toe -to -toe with people and no one not be able to stand in front of her, she does that, but it's wild, right? Her head isn't moving. Her head is on the same, is on the same plane. She's swinging for the fences every single single time and so if Amanda Nunes gets back in the lab and does what she's supposed to do I'm with you DC everyone thinks that Amanda Nunes can come back and avenge this loss they absolutely do believe that she will and ultimately it's it's gonna be how she changes the approach in regards to Juliana Pena but I'm telling you if Juliana Pena had confidence going into that fight oh my gosh imagine bro the confidence that she is going to have going into a rematch after her point, after bro. her thought was proven. She true. might she might crip walk into the octagon, bro. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna, hey, no, it's gonna be hey, she gonna show out, no? She gonna show out. I mean, Cause before, remember, RC, she was basing those thoughts on something from a long time ago. Yeah. Now she's actually seen it in live action, felt it, 
and know that she can get through it. So a uh, massive moment for Juliana Pena. Congratulations to Pena and her team. Absolutely. And everybody else uh, on winning the UFC Bantamweight Championship. Now, it's a holiday season. You know I love it. Turkey can always deal with that. And you don't know what to get as a gift or stocking stuff. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've served more than 4 million men worldwide. Get 20% off, free shipping at Manscaped with the code DC. You know what Manscaped's best-selling product is? It's the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for pretty much every part of your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. I definitely need that, Ryan, because sometimes my nose, I cannot believe it. It's my ears. Now, these are, <laughs> I mean, and your ears. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped Surefire Windstock and Stuffers. The just-launched Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. You can kill two birds with one stone. The Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. The Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Crop Mops Body Wipes and the Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know that the products are le legit. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code DC. Be the best gift giver this year with Manscaped. Ryan Clark, hey, Manscaped has always kind of held us down. And uh, yes, that Weed Whacker 4.0 sounded real good right now, Rocco. <laughs> Maybe that'll make you a brush. You know how you're always like brushing? Let's get you a Manscaped brush. Hey, we get, you get, give me one, DC. I'll rock it, you know what I mean? One of us got to be able to brush our hair. You can't. I mean, I, I mean, you, this dude constantly doing this. Like, I cannot believe that even as we turn 40, RC, we still got to make sure the waves got to dog. good. Ryan. UFC 269 was an absolute beast. Yes. And last week, we also had our friend, another Louisiana boy, a yep. good boy just like you and me, Dustin Poirier, on the show. But he fell short too. Yeah. The Bra hey, I call him the Brazilian Superman because he walks out Bruh, with his glasses. I, lo I love looks when like you say Clark that Kent. too. And then he walk when he takes them off, the dude is the man of steel. And once again, he proved it against Dustin Poirier in an impression third-round submission Hats off to Du Bronx, man. Charles Oliveira is the real deal. No, he, he he really is, DC. And I'll be honest, I was interested in watching the the first round because I thought back to the first round with Michael Chandler when he actually won the belt and what that round looked like and how it ended. And there were times in the first round where Dustin really touched Charles Oliveira. And he really and, – and Charles Oliveira, you could see him like he was rocked or he even got dropped. Mm -hmm. He popped right back up. And he continued to pressure Dustin Poirier. And we saw him early on in his career not have that same mindset. Right, the mindset that comes back in the second round and lands the left on Michael Chandler, or the mindset that now gets in guard on Dustin Poirier in the second round and then takes his back in the third round. I thought that this was this was a a defining fight for Charles Oliveira. It's one thing to win the belt, but we've seen we saw in uh, Jan Bohovitz a guy who started his UFC career a little rocky, and now he goes on the run. He gets the belt, and, and the moment is too big versus his, his first true 205-er in Glover Teixeira, but we didn't mm -hmm. see that with Charles Oliveira. This was a dude that took those glasses off, and the S on his chest was real. Like, it, it wasn't fake. Uh, there was no kryptonite, and to be so versatile 
and diverse and to, to me and his approach of how he attacked Dustin, right? You go back to the knees, right? The, the, the knees to, oh. to, to, to the midsection, the, 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 the clinches, right? Just watching him consistently pressure Dustin, strike, absorb punishment, and keep marching forward. I thought it was a true championship performance for Charles Oliveira, and in my opinion, solidifies his Hall of Fame career. You know what's crazy, RC? When Charles Oliveira was getting ready to fight in Brazil against Kevin Lee, mm-hmm. right before the pandemic hit, sold out arena, everything's good. Next thing you know, they're closing down events. Charles Oliveira goes in there with Kevin Lee, no fans. Charles Oliveira submits Yep. <laughs> guillotine. Beautiful. At that point, he had finished seven fights in a row. Mm-hmm. Goes and beats Tony Ferguson. The only reason this dude has not finished, we, we talk about his win streak right, right now. Tony Ferguson was a beast, dude, bro, that night. Yes. Oh the my only reason gosh. this dude has not finished nine people in a row is because Tony was willing to let his arm break right. opposed to tapping. Most <laughs> right. people would have tapped. When Tony, this dude has now finished eight of nine people, two in championship fights. The, his ability to absorb damage and just continue to press forward is second to none. He would get hurt by Dustin Ryan, stand up, and go, and go straight back. at him. Yes. I mean, it's crazy, bro. Like, like many times. You can see it start to wear on Dustin mentally, too. Yes. Because Dustin's like, well, I'm hurting this dude. Nobody continues to just press me when I know that he cannot have recovered at this point. Like, it's still a long time in the in the fight. I know I'm hurting him. I know that he's not okay. DC. He hasn't recovered in 15 seconds. But Charles would get up and go right back forward at yeah. Dustin. DC, it gave me – it gave me and, – and, and now, I think this dude is different mentally. I think something's wrong with Justin Gaethje. Right, like Justin yeah. Gaethje, like Justin Gaethje is the type of teammate I want in football. Right, the one Bro. you put on the kickoff team <laughs> back when they had the wedge, and it, and he was 190 yes, pounds, yes, yes. and it was four and dudes was in the wedge, and you just go drive through the wedge and try to break the <laughs> like that's who Justin Gaethje is. But it reminded me of Justin Gaethje in a more controlled fashion in the way that Charles yep. Oliveira He's continued. To press that that right, he moves just like this. Exactly, He's like this. hands it, high, it, bro. Heads always moving. It was almost like he was a cyborg. Like 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 he <laughs> like he had, you know how like with a cyborg or, or a robot or whatever it is, you put the mission in. And it doesn't yep. stop until the mission is complete. And it's that's complete. exactly yep. what he was. And even in between the first and the second round where he absorbed that punishment, you could see the reassurance on his face of, I've taken Dustin's best shots. And then you could oh. look at and then you could look at Dustin in between some of the rounds mm-hmm. and you saw a little bit of uncertainty. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and that's likes. championship like that's championship level mental warfare which is something you Mm -hmm. understand, obviously, a lot more than I do. You know what's crazy, Ryan? Like, I always uh, talk about presence, right? Presence is a a massive thing, especially in fight sports. And, and, and like, you watch, like, bears, and you watch a bear in the forest, right? Mm -hmm. The bigger bear always stands taller and the other ones run away. Right. The presence, he's larger than life. Charles Oliveira, because he's constantly in your face, he he gives off this presence that no matter what I do, I can't get him out of out of my face. He's larger than life. Right. He's on me. That like, was, it was that, like, it's exactly like a shadow, bro. To, it's like a shadow. Yes, that's, that's what Habib did to Justin Gaethje. The only person to ever do it to Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Gaethje was rocking him and kicking him, and he just would keep going forward until eventually he's like, whoa, he overwhelms you. I think Charles Oliveira has now mastered that. Right. Because he's so technical. He's so sound, and he's so good at everywhere that 
he doesn't fear anything. You take him down, he's just going to keep throwing submissions at you. If you try to stand with him, he can knock you out like he did against Michael Chandler. But, I mean, every single person, he just is dominating these these, these great fighters. And I, I am at a loss for words every time the dude is done because Ryan, through 18 fights, he was 10-8. and eight. Now the dude's 20-8 and eight inside the octagon. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, it's a story of, of, of rebuilding yourself mm -hmm. at a – in July, you and I saw him and said, "Wow, you you go, dude. This dude right here, Big, bro. he's a champion. Yeah, now. yeah. I, I can tell like, he's a champion. Now he's got some confidence. Yeah, I was and like, that confidence is now making him do amazing things. Nah, and and, and it's crazy. And, and you know, and I talked about it that sometimes, sometimes it's the winning that builds confidence, right? Because you've seen yep. yourself do it so many times, you now know. Oh, I, I have the roadmap to this, and I think that's where Charles Oliveira finally is. But when you look at the champ. I feel like we have a true champ now. I even spoke last yep. week kind of stupidly like, Dustin, we've watched you, and a lot of people feel that you are the best 155-pounder in the world. You have an mm -hmm. opportunity to show it. Well, Charles Oliveira, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, is the lightweight champion, period. There and is you no, know what I say? Can no I say person. this, RC? Yep. No. And you know what I can say about this? I Sometimes the UFC has a plan, right? Sean okay. Shelby, those guys have a plan. And you remember initially I was like, why is Justin Gaethje not fighting for the belt? Right. Why, it should be Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier. They were the last two interim champions. Right. They were 1A to Habib. But now, being that Charles never fought Habib, it's so much easier to see him as that the undisputed true champion. champion. I ain't think about right? that. Right. right. Like, I ain't think about that. They, they, they took the long road to it, yep. but it ultimately leaves you in a position where it's like, he never lost to Habib. If right. it would have been Justin or Dustin right after, it would have been like, oh, we right. just saw them lose to to Habib, right? The right. same situation I dealt with with Jones initially. Mm -hmm. So it's in in time, eventually would would make it less apparent. But it was like now you got a guy that now the questions arise. Like man, if Charles would have fought Habib, that would have been a good goal. Somebody told me that this morning. Right because at, it's at, just at their a best. Hypothetical. Right because because yeah, and, and, and you know what? And you know what that is, man. If if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Like like that's yes. what, that's what it is. But <laughs> but it's also it's also great for the weight class. So DC, yep. who's next? It's a reset. Who who, who beats him? It's Justin Gage. Is oh wait, I'm not sad. I don't know who beats him now. My bad, my bad. I, know I ain't even put you in that water, yeah, dog. Yeah. No, I don't know who's next. I don't know who beats him, but right. I, I know who's next. Mm -hmm. Justin Gaethje's next. Um, Justin Gaethje presents a lot of problems for him because he's as tough and durable. But the reality is, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, like a lot of similarities. Those guys went to war with each other very recently. So now I don't think that we're going to be seeing Charles Oliveira as the underdog anymore. That's I think those are days of the past. Maybe, maybe, and I don't even want to say this because I know you're going to jump all down my neck. But maybe Islam, I'm no favor against him. But outside of, I'm just, Ryan, no, I'm, I'm, I said maybe, maybe is what I said. But I'm saying, like, against Justin Gaethje, Charles has got to be considered the favorite after all that he's DC, done. I mean, DC, DC, what? DC. What? Uh, what? Bro, what? All I ask is, right, if just one show, one show, obviously, Khabib Namorgamedov is never going to fight again. Just one show, if. <laughs> Habib is not fight if it's not in, in the news. If 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 Islam is not up for a <laughs> no, fight, can wait. we have a show where we no. don't talk about these dudes? <laughs> no, like, I'm not like, talking about. Like, no, I'm just saying, saying maybe. So so do you have DC? Ryan. Do you have like some sort of side like some side like <laughs> side Ryan, hustle I sponsorship? Royalties. I got with them? I got royalties every time. Like, every time I, <laughs> it's like watching Seinfeld. Every time you see it on TV, I get paid. You know, dropping dollars. <laughs> no, the reality is this though, like. I just don't know who's favorite to beat him anymore. Dude. Right. I'm dead serious. Like, 
after watching him and doing what he did, I don't know. You know, for as good as he looked, it was like, I don't know how, how you choose against him. Now, the one thing that could be a danger is that he does absorb a lot of damage. Yes. That's why he was hurt against Chandler. Yes. That's why he was hurt against Dustin. I don't know if you could take that damage early against a Justin Gaethje and right. live to talk about it. But there's another guy. You know, he didn't fight himself. He fought Dustin Poirier, right? right. Our guy, Louisiana's own. And now Dustin's in a situation, right? Because now he's fought for the belt, undisputed twice, hasn't been able to do it, and put a lot of pressure on himself last week. 25 minutes to eternity was his thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of pressure, man. And obviously in the bigger moment, again, uh, he was not able to overcome. So when you look at Dustin Poirier, he's he's, a, he's the, probably the biggest star in the division outside of Conor McGregor right. because of his interactions with Conor. But, like, where do we go with Dustin now as he finds himself in a familiar situation where he, he's lost the belt, trying to build himself back up towards the championship fight, if that's even something he wants to do? Because you got to imagine financially, this year has been one of the biggest years a UFC fighter has had in the octagon outside of McGregor, yeah. uh, Habib, and those guys, right? Because he got two McGregor fights and now no, championship a championship fight. fight so right. What's next for him, I wonder? Well, you know what? I think, D.C., what's going to start happening to Dustin, I think at least in the immediate future, is that people are going to see him as a money fight, too. Right, because it got mm. you know it got to the point. You take the two Connor fights and you win those, and it it kind of builds your star because Connor is your counterpart, and because he talks the way that he talks. Now people actually get to know you. People know about your family. They know about your freaking hot sauce. They know about your charity. Right, so you become you become a media star, like a media darling. And we saw it with Kobe Covington right out of the gate. Mm. Hey, Dustin, stop losing all that weight, bro, and come see me. And these dudes probably walk around at close to the same weight and Kobe Dustin's big yeah Dustin you know I I remember I sent you a screenshot one time like bro how does this dude fight at 155 that's like me fighting that's like me fighting at that weight and (laughs) so if you're you're Dustin do you kind of start to fall in that realm which we've seen huge UFC stars fall into where you're not necessarily fighting for championships you're fighting against a name that matches yours something that the people mm-hmm. want to see something that the people gravitate to because you'd have to think that there would be a long road or there have to be a change of the championship belt at lightweight for Dustin Poirier to get another opportunity you know it'll be it'll be a while for Dustin to challenge for a championship but the reality is this he outgrew 145 yep He's at 155 and honestly looks like if he decides to go up, he has a frame to fight 170. So I believe that there are still options out there for Dustin Poirier. I think it's going to be a long road back. But right now, after this year, I think what Dustin Poirier should do, and he said this before the fight, he goes, after this DC, I'm going to take a break. I need to spend some time with my family to kind of three fights like that. It it, it wears on has you. To, the bro. Big fights, has to, bro. They wear on you, man. The big fights wear on you because you understand the eyeballs are all on you. So now, as he's done with that, he can take a step back. And he can go back and enjoy his family, enjoy the holidays. Look, we never get over not coming through in those big moments. Right. Dust, Dustin Poirier is home right now. And during the day, he can have smiles, right, Aunt Ryan? He can go drop his daughter to school and smile as she leaves. But on that ride home... It's sad. It's in your head, yeah. He can watch, yeah. He, he can watch some, him and his wife can hang out. They can go to lunch. When they get back home, you're going to sit back and you're going to think back to the sadness. That sadness just overtakes you for a while. So those, those these these intimate moments that he's having with himself right now, 
are very difficult to deal with, but eventually you get over it and then you start plotting a course to get to what's next and the next thing to move forward in your career. Uh, It was a massive fight night. Uh, It was a huge deal for Dustin Poirier, huge deal for uh, Charles Oliver. Congratulations, champ. Brazil, I mean, you got another champion that really seems to be uh, in the pole position in his weight class for a long time. But now let's get to a message from our good friends over at Manscaped. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ryan Clark, let's get to some awards, dog. Let's get to some awards. First award we're going to give out is the best knockout, Ryan Clark. Give me your best knockout from the past week. Hey, man, I got to go with Kai Kara France, bro. And and, mm. and, and, and here's here's why. Mm. When, when you listen to Cody Garbrandt all week, he felt he was too big, right? He was yes, too he strong. He was too fast. And it was all these things. And Kai Kara France was just kind of like chilling. Like he was just talking like, we'll see, we'll see. And something changed for me at the face-off. Right after they weigh in, and he's in his face. Kai Kyra France is in his face. He's fired up. He gets into the ring, and he's. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a different <laughs> dude that was just listening and allowing Cody Garbrandt to be the star throughout the week. And when he touched him, DC, you could see it immediately on Cody's face that he understood that this dude had a different level of power. And there's a dope picture that has Cody Garbrandt. He's standing over somebody in the octagon, and Kai Kyra France is standing the exact same way over him after landing huge punches early in this fight. And I thought that this was a dude that showed and said, you know what, I know I'm 23-9, and nine. I've had a ton of fights, but my last two were first-round knockouts, and this is what I do. I have heavy hands for a little dude at 125. And he looks smaller than Cody. Like, yeah. And I love Kai Kyra France. You know, he told me, before the fight, he goes, DC, don't count me out. Like last time, the first time against Bontari, he thought he was done. <laughs> he got his back taken. He, he ended right. up knocking that dude out with five seconds left. He told us the, the performance on Saturday was going to be the best of his career, and that is absolutely what happened for Kai Carr of France. He absolutely deserves that. And for Cody Garbrandt, honestly, RC, father time, don't lose. No. And even though he's bro. young, I mean, Cody had an extensive boxing amateur yep. career, fought at the highest levels of MMA, and it seems as though now – the chin's really just not holding up, especially as you go down in weight yeah, and, and guys happens. are flattening you out. Like DC, that. I have a quick so question. Me, I have a quick question. Okay, go ahead. And, and I know. Go ahead. So I watched TJ Dillashaw go down to 125 yeah. and Henry Cejudo knocks him out. Right. Yep, we we yep, see the yep. same thing with Cody Garbrandt. Does that have anything to do with cutting the amount of weight yeah. that these dudes have to cut to be that small? You know, what's crazy is like. Cody Garbrandt did it over the long term, and TJ did it fast. Remember, TJ ended up failing a drug failing test, drug test right. because he was trying to do things to give himself energy to make the weight. Right. I think you deplete yourself so much in weight cuts, man. Weight cuts, it really does mess with the brain a little bit, especially right. when you're going down that low. And Cody was already a guy that was having difficulties taking shots. So right. I, while I do believe that it, it is a factor when going down opposed to going up mm-hmm. to chase second championships, 
I don't know if that was the case in this. Okay. I think that Cody has his, I think his background in boxing and all that might be what's catching up to him at this point. For me, it, it was another guy. Obviously, um, many big performances on Saturday night. Yep. Mine was Sean O'Malley. I mean, yeah. Highland Shoot Piva. Shoot the J. Highland, I mean, <laughs> Highland Piva is good. He's really good. And to wipe him out the way that O'Malley did uh, was, was extremely impressive. And the kid has got, like, it. O'Malley's yes, got it. Yes, bro. O'Malley has this thing that that makes people want to tune in. Mm -hmm. he, he's fun. He's brash. He's cocky. But as he told me, we sat down for an interview earlier in the week, and he told me, he goes, DC, he goes, regardless of all that, you know, the, the, the curly, the, the, the light-colored hair, the friendships with the Nelk boys, uh, all those things don't matter if I don't win fights. Right. He goes, I win fights. That's why people pay attention. Yep. And on Saturday night, he beat the highest-rated guy that he's fought to yeah. this point. And now we'll see him in the top 15 facing higher-level competition. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't know uh, what's the matchup. I think right. you got to approach him in the way Chito Vera did, right? Mm -hmm. Leg kicks. Yeah. Leg kicks yep. against boxers is the ultimate equalizer. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's 13 now. And I think the thing that I got from that from that fight, DC, is when you see someone with that type of one-punch power, I mean, Sean, Sean, uh, Sugar Sean has walk-off power. He was so patient in that first round. He wasn't rushing in. He wasn't trying to look for the knockout with every shot. He was avoiding some of the strikes from Pava. And, and, and it made me think to myself, this is a dude that understands the sport. Right. He he understands the yeah. sport from promoting himself, but he understands the sport when he's inside the octagon. It doesn't matter how many I land if I take too many to land them. Yep. And I thought that that was something that stuck out to me that this dude's a fighter. Right. He understands it's yeah. get hit and deliver punishment, not absorb all the punishment I have to in order to give a couple of one twos. He's a smart guy, too, Ryan, because he said afterwards, he goes, a lot of these athletes are playing fighting. He goes, I'm playing the game. Right. I'm promoting myself at a higher level. Mm -hmm. I want to do something bigger. And then it, it seems as though, look, Dean Thomas said it the other day. Dean Thomas is funny, right? Because Very. Dominic Cruz was fighting on the prelims. Right. And he said that thing about me. And then he becomes one of the bigger stories of the entire week. Sean O'Malley then says this thing after the fight about me saying he looks up at the clock. So people, you got to know what to do, right? right. It's like. You know, you got to know how to play the game. And even that, I think everything's pretty strategic with Sean O'Malley because he understands more. Yeah. Because if him and I start to fight now, now it just builds this, this whole thing. It's like, you get it. They yeah. do it to us all the time, right? We're the talking right. heads. Yeah. So they come at us. And yeah. it really does help to elevate no, a uh, career. So well, smart kid, uh, Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Well, speaking of Dominique Cruz, who I don't really want to talk about, but <laughs> contractually... <laughs> That's my boy right there. That's my boy yeah, right there. That's yeah. what I'm saying, right? He's my boy. Contractually, it's part of my job, and corporate Jake <laughs> put it in the rundown. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I guess it's the best turn back the clock moment. Um, you have to. Yeah, Dominic, it, 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 yeah, Dominic right, Cruz right. fought it's okay. Pedro Munoz. It's okay, RC. Tell me about it, DC. It's okay, RC. It's okay, RC. He, I've, I've, I, I've forgiven him. He said yesterday that he hadn't eaten in two days and he hadn't drank in two days, so he was a bit clouded. And I, I will accept that, RC. So please, can we together go forward with Dominic Cruz? Because that's DC. something he did on Saturday. DC, yes. you know how yes. it is, DC? Here's what happened, DC. When somebody talk about me, I'm cool with it, right? I get to defend myself. Yes. When you talk about my friends, it pisses me off. 
right? And then the other, pro- <laughs> the other problem is it pisses me off and I can't even do nothing about it because the dude's a professional fighter. So now <laughs> when I see him, I still got to be freaking nice because what yeah. the hell I'm going to do? Like they, they got yeah. they, Pedro Munoz is in there and he's an elite level ranked fighter and he can't figure yeah. out the footwork of Dominique Cruz. The Dominique Cruz figure cruises to a unanimous decision. And, and it really was, it was one of those things if you're watching the first round, it seemed like Pedro Munoz kind of had a, a, a bead at first. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a fight. And then you see uh, Dominique Cruz's footwork take advantage. You see the angles take advantage. You Mm -hmm. see him understanding how to get in and then get right out before he absorbs any punishment. And really, it it reminded you, DC, it, it reminded me of watching like you know, basketball players that get older or quarterbacks who get a little older and they have some injuries and you may not have seen them at their best or their greatest in a very long time. And then some of it comes back and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's him. I remember that dude. I've seen that. And I saw that this weekend with Dominique Cruz. You know what I thought the most impressive thing about Cruz was? He he's just so tough, man. Like yeah. he's tough, bro. He always goes, I'm Tucson tough because he's from Tucson, Arizona. Right. And he showed that on Saturday. Not only was it hidden in a ton ton of skill, but to get up off the floor like he got up after getting dropped twice by yeah. Pedro Munoz. Yeah. To winning those last two rounds. Fairly easy. He won those last two rounds pretty easy. It was it was inspiring knowing that uh, Dominic Cruz, uh, as he ages, still has that ability to do. Dude, he's had some performances, though, that just knock your socks off. When he came back and he beat TJ Dillashaw in Boston, yeah. no one would have thought that he could have done that after the layup that he had. He's a special talent, man. He's wired differently. And honestly, part of the reason he, can, he says stuff like that is because he's wired differently. But that also allows for him to go into the octagon and perform in the way that he did on Saturday night. So hats off to Cruz. Uh, the dude is a tremendous fighter. I ain't, once wearing, again, I ain't wearing no hat. I ain't taking my hey. hat off. I ain't tipping it. I'm <laughs> no, not rubbing hats the Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. Hats off to Cruz. Baby. You, you got, he hey. won two, now, he's, now he's won two in a row. And now we may get to see him and Jose Aldo fight finally. Like Imagine if those two dudes are scheduled next. It would be a fantastic that, that, fight. That's now, fine, Ryan, You're so nice. One more. Here's another award for you, man. And I think this one's a no-brainer. Best celebration. This got to go to Ty Tuivasa, Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Hey, listen. What you doing? What hey, you doing? I want to take my Ferragamo off and drink out of it. No, first off, DC. <laughs> DC, I'm bougie. We all know anyway, that. Guys, right? guys, for the record, for, for the record, Ferragamo Ryan shoes are $1,700 shoes. Whatever. These are cheap shoes. Ryan's hey. wearing... $2,000 shoes stop it. right now, Stop guys. it. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, All on, I'm saying Clark. is, one, the shoe's going to be new, DC, if I'm drinking yeah. out of it. I'm not drinking out of an old shoe that I put my nasty, sweaty, bare feet in. I'm not doing it, DC. Football feet in. Those uh, football years. Yeah. Nasty mud, dirt. You can wash them all you want. That's still some never, it never gets feet. out, right? The, 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 crazy thing, the crazy thing about this, though, DC, is... Obviously, everybody's waiting to see this part of, of the night, right? If, yeah. if, if Ty uh, Tuivasa wins a fight, we know what we're going to get. But for him, to me, it's the focus of understanding. Because people ask him about it pre-fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all know that this is coming. But it's the focus for him that while he's in the octagon, I'm going to do what the hell I have to do. 
right? I'm, I'm, yep. I'm going to stand toe-to-toe. I'm going to land big shots. And after landing those big shots, I'm going to give the people what they came to see. So I'm with you, DC. Yeah. By far, the, the best celebration. Also, I don't care if somehow God changed my life and I was able to win a UFC championship. <laughs> I'm not you drinking out no shoe? dang shoe, bro. Hey, Ryan, he drink out of anybody's shoe. Anybody. So that's the most uh, disgusting. Hey, uh, there's, a guy, there's a guy from the Nelk Boys. His name is Steve. He goes now, showing up, four ties fights. He throws Ty the beer on top of the octagon and Ty and the shoe, and Ty drinks it. Ty was drinking out of boot. Dude, they had the, the, the PBA or the MPR or whatever it is, the, the rodeo, PBR. The pro rodeo stuff was there. Dude, there were people in the stands waiting with those nasty boots, like just waiting for Ty to pass. Uh, rodeo so boots. Give him a beer uh, inside those rodeo, rodeo boots. boots. You've been riding, you've been riding <laughs> bulls and stepping in dookie, and you want me to it's drink nasty. out your boot? He drink, did he? Hey, and, and listen oh. to this. We are. He's doing Ryan the American version. The real Australian version is to put the beer in the boot, spit in it. Whoever gave you the boot, and then you drink the beer. That's the real version of a shoey, Ryan. Like, I would spit in your beer for you to drink DC. it. Ty walks back. <laughs> DC, let's go to tap in, tap out, yeah. bro. Wait, wait. This is gross. Wait, Ty, Ryan, Ty walks back to the thing. Somebody pours beer from the arena, almost blinds this dude. They almost blind him with beer <laughs> coming from the top. I talked to him yesterday, Ryan. He goes, I am a disgrace to society. He's going to party. Dude's out of his mind. But yes, Ryan, he is the man of the greatest celebration. Absolutely. Yes, you're right, Ryan. It's time to tap in Let's get it. or tap out. Let's, get Let's go, Ryan. Hit us with a corporate Jake. Former champion and UFC Hall of Famer Rashad Evans is coming out of retirement to fight on Habib Nurmagomedov's new MMA promotion, Eagle Fighting Championship, in their U.S. debut January 28th. So, RC, two-parter. Tap in or tap out on Habib bringing competition to the U.S. and Rashad coming out of retirement. I tap in on Habib bringing competition to the U.S., and I tap in on that because I've never seen the dude do anything he's not good at. I just haven't. And, you know, maybe he does yeah. some stuff. Maybe he's not good. He don't clean the house well, or maybe he don't cook <laughs> good. Maybe that's it. I don't, think, the, I don't think he do I honestly don't think he does any of that. Like, yeah. I don't think Habib has done that in his life. But when it comes to <laughs> fighting, this dude does not miss. So I am tapping in on that. I am tapping out on Rashad Evans coming out of retirement. Uh, I'm retired. I know what it feels like to be retired. I know what it feels like when I look and watch people play football. I watch my son play football like I've never played it before, right? Like he takes <laughs> hits or he gets cracked back on, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, my son, you know what I mean? Yep. And then, like, I'm, when, I watch, when I watch, you know, other people play football, I actually flinch sometimes when I see hits. And so when you kind of get out of it, your mindset changes. And also, there's only so much damage a body can take. And so for me, I love yep. watching Rashad Evans talk about fighting. I don't want to see him fight. Ryan, great, great, great thoughts. I do tap in on Habib beating bringing fighting to Eagle FC to the U.S. I think that more fighting, the better, right? The more fighting we get, the better. Yep. That's great. Everybody loves it. On the Rashad Evans thing, he's my friend. I've been seeing him a lot lately because he's on TV more than he has been for a little bit. I'm kind of tapping out because, yeah. Ryan, when your career in the octagon ends in the way that it did, yes. it doesn't matter that you take time away. Mm -hmm. You still get hit the right way. You're going to go out. And you said you're retired. I'm retired. Ryan, there's one thing to be retired. 
there's another thing to be retired and comfortable. Yeah. That's why we yeah. flinch. That's yeah. why we cringe. Because right. you're retired and you're comfortable. <laughs> right. And Rashad is retired and comfortable. Yeah. So to, how can you put yourself back in that mindset of, of an absolute killer when you don't live like an absolute killer anymore? Right, You bro. live comfortable. Yeah. Right? So it's like it's hard to really think about fighting again when you have accomplished the things that we've accomplished. To walk back in there, uh, it doesn't really feel uh, right to me. Corporate Jake? Saturday night's final UFC main event of 2021 showcases a pair of top 10 heavyweights as Derek Lewis takes on Chris Dawkins. DC, tap in or tap out. Chris Dawkins makes a statement versus the Black Beast this weekend. Oh, boy, I'm glad I, I see. No, they got me. Ryan, they got me. Ryan, now you got, they got yeah, me. You almost got a pick. You almost got a pick, though. You almost got a pick. They got your boy in the language. I don't work this weekend, so I'm actually able to do this. Like, this is crazy. Um, I tap out. I tap out because I, I don't – look, Derek Lewis struggles with a certain style. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Chris Dawkins has that style. Right. And because of his style, he will be more at risk than most people because mm -hmm. he has to stand with Derek Lewis. Right. And in most cases, unless you're Cyril Gaon, if you stand with Derek Lewis – you can go to sleep. We saw it with uh, with uh, Volkov. Mm -hmm. Volkov beat the crap out of Derek for 12 minutes and got knocked out with, with two minutes left. And uh, I think Dawkins can possibly beat him up for four rounds, but going into the fifth, Derek can still uh, put you out. So yeah. um, I, I'm going to tap out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tap out because I'm also going to think that Derek Lewis has to come back with a little pride. Uh, to be outclassed, the way he was in the octagon against Cyril Gaon, I would think that Derek, Derek Lewis has to say, you know what, give me a guy like this. Like you, you mentioned um, Dawkins' style being a style where he's going to stand in front of Derek Lewis. I think that's also part of taking this fight, right, or, or picking yep. this fight. Let me fight a dude that does what I'm good at. A dude that's going to allow yep. me to entertain, but also a guy that's going to stand in front of me and we're going to strike. And I think Derek Lewis found the perfect opponent for him because Chris Dawkins is not going to run, right? He, he's not going to try to out-athletic Derek Lewis. He's going to stand there and fight. And this is what Derek Lewis needs to get back into kind of the consciousness yeah. of the fans and of the UFC well, he's up world against the wall. that he's a dog. He's up against know? the wall. Yes. He's up against the wall too, RC, right? Like, after what Cyril Gaon did to him, like, he has to win. Like, has if he to. doesn't, yeah. he becomes that springboard for the kids going into to the next level. Like, mm -hmm. this is a must-win for Derrick Lewis this weekend. Jake? Hat tip to our own Alex Gonzalez for this gem. We've talked pillow fighting. We've talked phone booth boxing. How about chess boxing? One round of chess <laughs> and one round of boxing. RC, tap what? in or tap out on chess boxing. You know what? I actually tap in. You know what I call this? This is intelligent violence, right? This is, yeah. the, this is no. so, yeah, because listen, because DC, what we got to yeah. show people is that we can be both. Now, I don't want two dudes that fight like this, though. Right, I don't that, want. That's about to say yeah, you like, I don't want. I don't want. A, I don't want two chess players, right? That RC. they make box. I want two boxers or two fighters that they allow to play chess. I got a lot of homeboys that play chess who are some of the most violent people I've ever played football play with. Right, because it is intelligent <laughs> violence. DC, I tap in on this. I just don't want to watch these two dudes fight ever in life. Out. I was for I as was long as I live. Myself, RC. Uh, could, uh, Jake, could you put that clip up of the first round of boxing again? Because to me, to me, those are the types of guys that I think would be boxing 
after playing chess. Because all those violent guys you're talking about, RC, are not going to sit down for a round of chess with someone that they're going to punch in the face in the very next round. But as you look at this, look at the guy in the black shorts. Like, the guy Why in the black is shorts, shorts so low? That's the problem. Look at his, he's sagging his pants, first <laughs> off. I mean, he's holding on to the Muay Thai clinch, and he just looks, look, he looks confused. Oh, man. That's why I'm tapping out. Because like, then, then you go sit back down. So now, Ryan, after you and I punch each other in the Bro. face, we go sit back down and play chess again? No. This looks like a fight. Like that. This looks We're like a fight. That way. This looks like a fight between John Mayer and Sam Smith. Like, this is. <laughs> I mean, this is bad. This is this bad. Corporate Jake, Corporate Jake, do we have out. more or are we done? We got a, a special edition, so quick predictions from both of you. Saturday is obviously Woodley versus Paul, too. And on the undercard is Frank Gore versus Deron Williams. So, Daniel, oh. quick prediction. Frank Gore versus Deron Williams. Hey, yo, I'm going to take Deron Williams. He owns Fortis MMA. He owns Fortis MMA. Deron Williams. Frank Please, Gore, bro. football like, player. Look, Frank Gore. Hey, Frank Gore has hey, been 100 Ryan, years old Ryan. for 57 years, and he's one of the greatest backs <laughs> of all time. When he got into the Ryan. league, Frank Gore looked older than he looks now. Okay? <laughs> Frank Gore... Frank Gore is a man that is aging backwards. He is tough it's as hell. It's about to be Frank Gore versus Ryan Clark. I don't think after you talking like that. It's I don't think Frank, Frank Gore, Gore has Ryan ACLs, bro. Like Frank Gore love, is a monster. I would love for you to fight. I would love for you to fight one of these other players, and I would train you. I would li like. I do that. Do I'd actually do RC that. Somebody, RC, let's pick a fight with somebody. I'd actually do that. I'll train you. I have let's a question. Find somebody to fight. DC, can I fight yes. with no bicep tendons? Right, so my biceps don't, don't connect know, no, from here know. to here. So oh, if I, yeah, if I, I think y'all, I, I think, think y'all, I think you might be out. I think you just might be out, my guy. I think you just might be out. Hey, DC, I think, think y'all. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, because I can't I think do that. You might just be out. Yeah, I, I, I mean, do. if you ain't got none of this, if you ain't got none of this right here, quick prediction you just might on be the out. main event: Tyron Woodley, Jake Paul, the rematch. Jake Paul, Jake Jake Paul wins wins again mm -hmm. i mean it's mm -hmm. it's his promotion it's mm -hmm. it's it's jake paul it's tyron woodley it's, it's not tyron woodley. no it's not dc it's tyron woodley it's tyron DC. Woodley. he took the hey, fight bro, on listen. short notice he had the matter. one moment in the woodley. first fight it's tyron woodley hey it's tyron woodley because guess what champions win baby winners win rc champions find a way and for tyron woodley to get this chance one more time he gets another chance he gets he gets the bag but he also gets a chance to knock the kid out. Ryan Clark, Tyron with he wins this time, right, Ryan? Come on, RC, no, tell DC. me. DC, DC, you saying winners win? Nobody's been winning more than Jake Paul. This is a dude that goes from like child star to multi-millionaire fighter, and he don't really even know how to fight yet. And we watch it and we pay for it. That's winning. Yeah. That's why he's I been buy it, winning. I buy it. DC. Have winners, you bought it? Winners. Be honest. Have you bought it or have you streamed it? No, I'm streaming. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I bought it on RCRC, yeah. I'm guilty of buying it. It's like, I like Tyron Woodley. Man, I've known Tyron for years. I love the dude. I'm happy that the dude's getting the fight again. And I think he don't get the job done. I think he don't get the job done. So, whatever. DC. Like, I don't care what you say, what you you hating on Tyron Woodley, dog. I don't understand. Oh, so now you try to throw me in the mix with Tyron Woodley, huh? <laughs> wow. You ain't got no biceps. Hey, wow. you ain't got no biceps. 
Hey, like man. You know what, though, DC, man? This was this was a great show. It was good it for was. the first time in a long time hey. for it to be be just me and you, man. Every Tuesday, mm -hmm. we back in the same place. New episodes wherever Absolutely. you get your podcast. Episodes yep, on YouTube. Yep, yep. My dog, DC, was a star this week. I don't care whatever Ouch. little DC says. My boy, study. He does detail. He's ready to work. And he's one of the greatest. Hey. I agree with Islam. Hey. One of the greatest commentators of all my boy. freaking time and if you don't like it argue with your mama all right straight up that's my boy right there hey that's my boy right there thank you so much guys hey thank you to saint bonaventure thank you to manscape for sponsoring the show we really appreciate the love and support next week guys we do the 2021 review show me and rc Ooh. are going to be arguing as we do every single week congratulations to juliana pena congratulations yes. to charles Oliveira again and everybody else that won last weekend we got special guests next week joining me and rc to end the year and rc is not going to be islam makachev i will not open myself up for that riddle cue so guys thank you for the support we love each and Much every love. one of you we'll see you next week for the last show peace